Welcome to the Fused Fitness Formula, where we share information and motivation from people just like you, our coaches, and medical and fitness professionals, so that you can have all the tools you need to create healthy habits that fit into your lifestyle and set you up for success. Hey, Fit Fam, on today's Fused Fitness Formula, we have a really dope guest. Her name is Taylor Stark. She is the owner of Pole Position Dance Studio in White Plains. I'm going to let her talk a little bit more about all of the really cool shit that she's done. And I'm really excited about this podcast because in a time where there's so much uncertainty, the most important thing is to be certain in ourselves and building confidence to make that happen. So today we're going to talk about confidence because obviously you need a lot of confidence to get on a pole and dance in front of people. So thank you, Taylor, for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be on your podcast. Me um, too. Yeah, no, this has been, this has been really, really great um, journey with pole dancing. I'm really excited to share with you kind of um, what I've learned and, and what I like to share with people and, and kind of just what we do, honestly. Yeah, so I mean, I've, I know personally because I've experienced it, which is why I thought <laughs> you would be a perfect guest to have on here. I was taking pole classes for about four or five months and I'm telling you, like, I've never felt more confident and more challenged in my life with a physical Mm -hmm. activity. Um, So before we get further on your story, because I want people to hear about what, you know, how you even get into something like this um, and like also the stigma around it. But before we get started, I want you to tell everyone, our listeners, exactly not exactly, but give, a, give us like an idea of what you've done in the past with pull. I know you were in the Hustlers movie, right? Yes. Um, so, yeah, I actually did not think that, you know, when I took my first pole class, it would end up taking me so many different places. And, and I feel really uh, grateful to have had a few different opportunities that I can look back on. And, you know, when I'm an old lady, tell my grandkids, like, did you know that I, you know, <laughs> yes. so, uh, so yes, I, I was uh, one of the background dancers for the Hustlers movie. Um, if you see the movie, you will see my curly hair in the background. Like, <laughs> you don't really get a really good shot of me, but it was still really great to be on set. Um, I also worked with FKA Twigs when she was on the Jimmy Fallon show. Uh, so she needed a, a pole coach in New York since she flew in from London. So I was just kind of there to help her out with that. I did the, I was the person to stand in for her lighting and stuff like that. So that was really fun. And uh, I also did a Snoop Dogg concert. Uh, Snoop Dogg hires a lot of pole dancers in our community. And so basically everywhere he goes on his tour, he, you know, his manager reaches out to a few pole dancers in the area and they're they're just like hey do you want to come and dance for this show and we all just jump on it so I'm amongst uh, a bunch of very lucky pole dancers who have had the opportunity to do that and uh, it was totally nerve-wracking but it was a lot of fun Um, and those are the the top three highlights so far and and hopefully I'll have a a few more under my belt as I learn more about pole dancing because I still don't consider myself like the most advanced pole dancer that there is so I'm definitely still learning and still keeping my fingers crossed for more opportunities. That's so cool. And I also want to throw in the Doja Cat release party. Because oh, yes. I love right. That. <laughs> right. That was a lot of fun, too, <laughs> at the Museum of Sex. Yes, that was awesome. That's so cool. No, that's awesome. <laughs> I love all of that. That's that's dope. And like you said, it just you did not expect that in your first class. There's such a gap between no. first, first of anything. Like I think about people first going to the gym or first going to a pole class, whatever. And we'll talk about your past a little bit, too. Um, and how you transitioned from 
from being an equestrian rider to a pole dancer. But um, yeah, you don't imagine like how far you're going to go the first time when you absolutely suck at something. Yeah, no, I was not great my first class. I wore leggings. And if any pole dancers out there who are listening to this are probably laughing at me because they're like, ooh, rookie mistake. <laughs> she wore pants to the first. I could not climb that pole. And I was leaving class, like, you know, calling my best friend, like, it's just not for me. And I sucked at it. So <laughs> definitely that first class, I did not think that I would even continue on, even like, you know, let alone go and, you know, perform anywhere. I didn't even think I was ever going to do it again, to be honest. What was the, what's the gap in time between your first class ever and basically where you are right now? Ooh, um, I started pole dancing in 2014. Um, and now, oh man, it's been like quite the journey. So I started in 2014 and I actually found the class on Groupon. Uh, and then three years later, I ended up buying that same exact studio where I took my first pole class. Um, the, I happened to just be hanging out with the studio owner and she was, you know, I was like, I can help you with your Instagram. You know, I was just, I was just jazzed about just her studio in general. And she had mentioned, mentioned that she was looking to sell it and would I be interested in buying it? And I just totally jumped on the opportunity uh, because it just was such a thing that I was so excited about, even though at the time I was, you know, I couldn't even do anything on spin pole yet. I was still very, I was still a fledgling dancer, but I just wanted to be in the space so badly. And, you know, I changed everything about the studio, basically, except for the name, like aesthetically, I changed pretty much everything. But she had like the previous owner had cultivated like such a a community and like the team was so great. And, you know, it was just a special thing that I, I still feel very grateful that I was even able to be a part of and like help grow over the years, which was really, really, cause you can't, you can't buy that. You know what I mean? Like you can't just be like, Oh, Hey, a bunch of you just come together and be good people. Like she just had that community that was so, so cool to be a part of. Yeah. That's amazing. And like I said, from my experience, like I've reached out to you personally and been like, I, every person whose class I would go to, was an amazing experience and everyone was so different and I never ever felt judged going there and I think that oh, that's yay. like absolutely huge right like you're going to, into a place where you have to learn how to like look at yourself in the mirror and dance around and be sexy and you're like dude I have no idea what I'm doing right now <laughs> <laughs> right right it can definitely be such like a, a jarring first experience that you know the people who are there are so crucial I mean it's almost like having a job right you might love your job title and what you're doing at work but if the people around you are not great to be around it completely mars the experience right so it's the same thing with something like a dance class where you're you're totally out of your comfort zone and if anybody just looks at you sideways you're like forget it I'm yep. never coming back that's 100%. it never again <laughs> yeah that's yeah it. totally totally so so that that community was already there and I was just lucky to be um part of it really and and that they were so kind to me when I took over and they weren't like who's this random girl um because while I took my first class there um I had hopped around to a bunch of different studios and so I was just kind of going wherever was most convenient so when I bought the studio they actually didn't know me so they were just like, who is this random person um, who is also much younger than most of the people who danced there? And also, I'm, I'm younger than everybody on my team at this point. So they were just super, super nice where they're like, we have no idea who she is, but you know what? We're good people. So she's welcome. You know, and it was just great. So that's interesting because I feel like, well, what I think is interesting about it is like, I feel like there's such a stigma around 
pole dancing like you're like oh you you're a pole dancer you're a stripper like or and there's just like negative you know it just tons of negative connotations around it which is unfortunate in our society but I think that's amazing when you look at the community of people that empower each other because it's like you're all kind of experiencing the same thing which is how to be super expressive and confident and comfortable in your own skin and when you get to that point it's not about tearing somebody else down it's just about you like yourself and your growth and being better so right. how would like how do you really defy that stigma that comes along with pole dancing or what's your perspective on that? Oof. Uh, okay, so this is a really really good question and it's it's been very uh, top of mind especially recently but in in the past few years there's been a lot of talk about the stigma and you know, the pole fitness, I'm using air quotes, pole fitness community versus strippers and, you know, sex workers and all of that. And here's the thing is that the only way to eradicate the stigma around a subject is to normalize it. Right. And so when I tell people I'm a pole dancer, I don't try to make that that fact like fit into a little box that's accepted by society. So I don't say like, oh, I do it for fitness or, you know, I don't say that I'm a stripper. And I, well, I say that I, I don't say, hold on, let me start that again. okay so when I tell people I'm a pole dancer I don't try to make that fact fit into a box that's accepted by society so I don't say that I do it just for fitness and I don't make a point to say that I'm not a stripper and I don't make a statement like that the little outfits are purely so that you know our skin can grip the pole and everything and I kind of just let the statement stand on its own because if I try to separate myself and say oh well this is why it's okay that I do it it still lets pole dancing, you know, and stripping and sex work for that matter, stay in this unnecessarily seedy and unacceptable place in people's minds, right? Where they're like, oh, well, I know I know a girl that pole dances, but she only does it for fitness. So that's different. It's not really different. You know, like I dance because it makes me feel good. I, I wear the tiny clothes because honestly, I like how my butt looks in those shorts. And <laughs> to be to be real with you, I don't really care about fitness. Like I don't, it just makes me feel good, right? So. So all of that is normal and sensuality and sexuality is normal. Sex work and stripping is a job and a hard one at that. So all of that and like the more we normalize it, the the more the general population will feel silly to apply a stigma to it where it's just like, okay, boomer, like catch up. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like you're not yeah, like you're, the you're the one who's behind now. Exactly. Like this is a normal thing and having sensuality and sexuality is completely normal and the more we make it sound that way the more true that will be because it is yeah that I absolutely love that and that's just like a general principle you can apply to so many things especially in the current landscape like the more you normalize it the less foreign it becomes to people and yeah I think and you're so right I'm not gonna lie to you I'm so guilty of that and hearing you put it in those terms like I would be like oh well I'm just doing it as like you know, a good workout and a way to build my confidence. So I did, mm-hmm. you know, couple it with that, but it was kind of like downplaying it. And it's like, no, this right. is what I do, period. Like, right. No... That's what we do. Yeah. Right. And and the thing is, is that like what pole dancing and what we're doing, and that's why I don't really like that pole fitness name that like some people have separated out. It's like, I pole dance and whatever you want to think that means like my neighbor, when I told her that I pole dance and I own a pole dance studio, she looked at me like, Ugh. and I just let her sit with that. And I was like, all right, bye. Have a good day. Like, you know, and she, she thinks I'm great. And so as far as she's concerned, maybe she does think I'm a stripper, but she's, she's like, oh, this is, this isn't weird. That's Taylor. You know, like, so it's, and the thing is, is like what we do originated in strip clubs. So, so it's our responsibility to normalize it since we are, are taking that thing and we're making it 
um, into, you know, we kind of like the pole community, pole dancing by itself and stripping um, have become like two different sort of segments. They're not twins, they're sisters, right? But they do, pole dancing comes from stripping. And so as much as like, you might not be a stripper, that's true. What you're doing originated from a strip club. So how, how can we possibly say, oh, I do it, but, but I'm not a stripper. It's like, no, no, I have stripper friends. We have people on our team who, who are strippers, you know, and they're amazing because it's normal and it's just a job that they enjoy, you know? So, yeah. so that's a really, really important thing. And I, I, I feel like it's my personal duty as somebody who owns a pole studio to, and, and as the person who communicates with beginners coming in, it's my responsibility to make sure that every single person who touches these poles in this studio knows that it's like, it's, you now have to make this a normal thing. And you don't get to separate yourself from the people who are working in this job. You might not be a stripper, but you, these are your, this is your pole family now. And, and that's important, you know? Yeah. You stick by your family, man. You yeah, exactly. That's your fan. I yeah. love that. So yep. you just said something that I think is really funny because I was going to ask you, um, you were like, I don't like fitness. I was going to ask you <laughs> what you do outside of pole, if anything, for your fitness routine. Okay. So I'm the worst about this. Uh, I should cross train. Uh, pole dancing is hard on the shoulders. It's hard on the body in general. Um, but I am... I have like very little <laughs> discipline, <laughs> if I'm being honest. So all the things that I like to do just happen to ev- involve having to like use my body. So it's like, if I want to climb the pole, I will have to use my legs. Okay. So that's how my legs are decently strong. Um, I still like to ride uh, horseback rides. So I need my legs for that and my core. But other than that, I don't do anything outside of the studio. I am, you know, you'll, you know, if you ever ask Brittany, she's like, I always try to get her to go on a hike and it's like pulling teeth, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, she's always trying to get me to go on a hike and I just don't want to go. Cause I I'd rather be at home watching Netflix. So if I'm being honest with you, I do not do anything outside of the studio <laughs> fitness wise. No, I mean, that's crazy. Cause your body is <laughs> slamming. So I'm like, this thank you. <laughs> got to train outside here she's probably doing some squats definitely doing a lot of core work no and meanwhile look who's talking like you you and your body like you're so strong everything I would teach you it's like oh this is easy for her okay (laughs) except (laughs) yeah I gotta get on your program no like (laughs) for sure (laughs) but like you're like all right like be expressive and free and I'm so mechanical because that's my training and my training background that's like right so interesting like seeing Mm -hmm. the crossover the different strengths exactly Totally. So, and then you just alluded to riding. So you used to ride horseback riding, right? And mm-hmm. what you kind of gave that up to focus more on pole. Yes. How did you know that that was the right, the right move for you? Cause I think that right now we're, we're all in a time of like, you know, what, what do we do next? Like, how do we make the switch? When do we know to make a switch right now? Cause so many people, there's just like, we're teetering on certainty and uncertainty every day. So in the midst of this COVID pandemic, I think it's, that's a principle. So like whatever you're about to say, I think has an underlying principle to it and it can probably be applied to other things too. Yeah. um, So I, when I decided to buy the studio, I also had gotten uh, an offer for a job managing a private stable in Connecticut. And I was really uncertain about which thing I wanted to do, right? And I was like, oh, I don't know, because they were both going to be very, very time consuming, um, especially because the the stable in Connecticut was an hour and a half away from my house. And so I was like, how am I going to do all, all of these things at once? But 
I, I loved dancing and I loved writing. And I was like, I'm just going to figure it out, especially since the studio wasn't quite ready to support me yet. I was going to have to do something else anyway. I mean, I was applying to CVS. I was like, there's a CVS down the street. Whatever I need to do to own this studio and build it up is what I'm going to do. But so I ended up deciding to take the, dro- the job. And it was, it was really honestly crazy for a while because I would wake up at 5.30, drive the hour and a half to Connecticut, take care of the horses, ride the horses, leave around 4.30 for the hour and a half drive home, and then I'd be at the studio from 6 to 10 p.m. And then I would wake up the next morning and do the whole thing again, right? And so I did that for two and a half years, and it was exhausting. And <laughs> I mean, I loved both things, but I mean, I st- to realize that I just wanted to do pole. Um, actually, when I was <laughs> answering phone calls while I was riding I'm like you know I'd be riding and I have my headphones in and I get a call and I'm having a full conversation with somebody about doing a pole dancing party and there are horses neighing in the background and I was like this is unprofessional <laughs> I was like I gotta I gotta get out of here um but yeah like it it really was the kind of thing where it's like I was I was getting so many calls and and people were really like taking to the studio and and all of that and I was just like this this just feels Right. And it was terrifying because also the other thing that was a little bit of an impetus was I got booked for the Hustlers thing. Right. And, you know, I'd never been a background anything in a movie, but the the schedule that they had was basically like you have to be available this entire week from these hours to these hours. And what was I going to tell my my boss at the at the stable? I was like, um, so I'm in a movie. Uh, probably won't be able to see me at all, but like, I still want to do that more than this. So I'm going to head out. Uh, but yeah, it was definitely the, the, like just taking that leap of faith and, and feeling like if I put a hundred percent into this thing, it will grow because I felt for the longest time, like, Oh, it's the studio is still not growing enough for it to support me. And, you know, I still have to do both. And really there were nothing, there was nothing in the numbers exactly that said, you know what, you can just do the studio now. Like it did not say that it was just, people seemed very interested in it. And I was like, I care about this so much that I feel like if I just really throw all of my weight behind it, it'll, it'll flourish and, and it'll do well. And that's exactly what happened. I mean, literally month one of me only focusing on the studio and it made more than it had in the two and a half years just because like I was there loving on it so much and talking to people and following up and not, you know, just trying to talk to people in between my rides. Like I was there so like wholeheartedly there. And that's really what, what it was that, uh, so there was no defining moment other than I was just going to be busy for the Hustlers movie. And then it was just a hope and a prayer. And sometimes you need that to just know what to do next, you know? Yeah. I have chills with that story. I had no idea that that was like, that yeah. that's what you were doing. You were doing yep. both for two and a half years and that <laughs> like, I mean, and there is definitely an underlying principle and that's just hustle. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, until, until you feel and that you're absolutely right. Like I think a lot of, I think a lot of decisions oddly enough come down to intuition and it's not in black and white and white. It's not always in the numbers or the writing or you're not getting like somebody coming down from the skies and being like you, it is time. Mm-hmm. And this like, is the moment. Yeah. This right. Is the moment. Absolutely. Like, you have yeah. to go off the feeling of it, which is, that's it too. Like, I think we're so disconnected sometimes, which pole dancing can help change because you start to get in tune with your body and, and mm-hmm. you feel more, Um, but I think like that disconnection that we experience a lot of the times is like our questioning, like, is it time? Is it not time? I don't know. And then, 
Yeah. And I will say that like every, like almost everything that I do with the studio is intuition based. And I know that there are some, you know, analytical people listening to this, like what in the world is she talking about? I really don't. I mean, I know my numbers, right? Like I know them, but I don't know them like the back of my hand. I don't make all of my decisions based off of like, okay, we need to, we need to make this much this month. So I need to get this many more members in, which means I need to follow up. I just, I just love on it. I just love on, on the studio and it just, it just pays back in dividends, both in my, my sense of, of, you know, just like feeling gratified at the end of the day that I'm like, oh my God, she got her dip turn. Oh my God, it was the best dip turn I've ever seen. Like that kind of love of this thing that I'm doing is what's, is what's allowing it to grow. And I've always kind of just followed the thing that I love, you know, like I, I graduated with a major in journalism, but I mean, I literally never, ever, ever worked in an office. And my mom knew that, like, she was like, all right, she's just going to go do whatever she wants. So I graduated college and literally two months later, I was like, cool. So I have a new job at a barn. And she was like, all right. And ever since then it's been horses, horses, horses. That's so cool. I love that. That's amazing that you just, feel for things and take action. It's something that I've experienced personally too in, in this business. And when I do do that, it feels so good and so empowering and it's easy for me to make decisions that way. And then I don't do it. I get frustrated, but it's definitely something that you have to tap into and it's something that you need confidence to do. So I want to know what your take is on what, what are some ways that women can boost their confidence? Like how can we as females or those who identify as females, uh, feel free with more ease? Uh, this is a really great question. And also, I love that you said people who identify as female. Here for it. Here for it. Yes. Um, love to. Like, right? Okay. So um, the thing with confidence, right, is that I wish I had, like, a very firm, firm answer. But it's like a, a marathon with hills and valleys, right? So I'm just going to share what works for me and hopefully it, it works for somebody else. Um, but I think it's, I think really what it is is that like confidence is not just a thing to have or not have across the board, right? Because you can see your favorite pole dancer looking like a straight up boss on stage, but then it doesn't mean that they don't suffer from like a lack of confidence elsewhere where they feel like they're not good in relationships or good cooks or good sons, friends, daughters, right? Um, and so that's, that's an important thing to think about first, right? Is that sometimes you're gonna have it in some areas and some areas you just don't feel that confident. And the biggest thing for me is to, just accept that like, even, even if I try my hardest, there are gonna be some days where I am just not feeling it. I just don't feel confident and that's completely okay, right? And so those days, like, I'm like chilling at home with my cat, like watching Netflix, I don't know. <laughs> but, but that like, that acceptance, it, it, it lets me like kind of gas myself up and like power up again to give whatever that thing is that makes me falter another try. And so giving myself this space to just chill out and just be like, okay, you know what? Today's not the day for that thing. That thing that scares you, that thing that makes you feel a little less confident. Um, so like, just as a small example, I want to be so good at makeup. Okay. Like I want to be like the makeup queen, but I don't feel that confident about it. Like I always feel like I'm going to put it on and I'm going to leave my house and somebody's going to be like, oh no, baby, what is you doing? Like, what? <laughs> like no girl. Right. So <laughs> 
So on the days that I'm feeling like, okay, like, let me like live my best life. I do my makeup by myself at home where I have nowhere to go, like when I have nowhere to go and it's fine. And I, and let me tell you something, my first attempts were absolute and utter trash. Like (laughs) they were so bad. I was like, I look crazy, but like, I've done it enough times. Like when I'm feeling like I can give a stab at this thing, I step into my bathroom and I'm like, all right, let's just see what we got. And at this point, I do my makeup sometimes and I'm like, oh, hold up though. I got to take a selfie because I did not have to flex this hard today, right? So like, I'm very close to leaving my house with a full face of makeup that I've done, but like, I'm not there just yet. But you know, so that that's really what it is, is like the things that I feel confident in, like I like being in front of a crowd and I like dancing and all of that. But there are other things where I'm like, first of all, I'm not a great cook yet and I'm not great at makeup, right? So if I have to build my confidence in some areas, that's okay. So it's like respect that some days you won't want to try and step into that arena of scary things. But, you know, it's just kind of like, if you're if you're a great singer, sing. If that's what makes you feel confident, do that. If you're good at math, tutor people, do that. And then like on the days that you feel just like so juiced up on life, give the thing that scares you like a little wave and see if it like gives you a little nod back. And that's like kind of how I've been building up my confidence in the areas where I feel like not as amazing all the time, you know? So it's really just like little baby steps. I just kind of like give it a little wave and I'm like, Hey girl, do you want to work on eyeshadow today? (laughs) Yeah. And sometimes it's sometimes it's like, Oh, you better take that selfie. Okay. (laughs) Like, so you will see all my selfies are like in my bathroom, like with my makeup. It's never outside the house. Not yet, but it's getting there. (laughs) I love that. I love that. I actually had someone who, um, who I know who's a gym owner and he said something like similar with like gathering what you said. He was like, confidence built confidence yes he's like you want to know how to be confident confidence and I'm like wait what (laughs) but it's so true like when you want to feel more confident doing something that you're scared shit of or less confident Mm -hmm. about you focus on the things that you're good at and then you turn that confidence and you like re-channel it and recharge it exactly exactly and those little things and all you need is just just like one little win in that arena and it'll make you feel more confident to try it again the next day. So it's like, if my eyeliner is bomb one day, maybe I'm gonna try eyeshadow next time because now I'm feeling really good about the eyeliner. And so it's like, it's the same thing when it comes to pole dancing, you know, skateboarding, public speaking, whatever that thing is, whatever the thing is that scares you, just, you know, rechannel the thing that, you know, the confidence that you get from the things that you are really, really good at and you know you're good at it. Mm, That's so good. I like, and it's so, I love how you said it's like hills and valleys because I, I like literally I would leave pole class. I would go once a week. That was my schedule. Maybe twice if I was like, and one day I'd leave there and I'd be like, yes, I just fucking crushed that class. And then Mm -hmm. the next day I'd like fall on my face like that one time. And then the next day I'd like be like, oh my God, I totally hit that move. Like I love doing Mm -hmm. whatever it was and it was just like literally hills valleys hills valleys yeah and I think it's really important to remember that it's like if we expect ourselves to always feel confident about everything it's not fair it's not fair to ourselves to be like well I don't feel good today and why not and you're wasting time just be like okay today's not the day that's fine that's fine I'm gonna go home get the cat, get the Netflix, call it a day, you know, like, it's fine. (laughs) Not every day has to be. Not every day. Right. Exactly. I love that. So, okay. So that's building confidence within ourselves, but what about women helping other women build their confidence? Because I do think, and maybe, maybe not even women on women. It could just be like 
person on person, how do we as a community or culture society help each other build more confidence in each other instead of creating the, I don't know, like it's like the judgment, stigmas, stereotypes, the separation, if you will. Um, yeah, this one is kind of a step, a two-parter sort of, uh, because I think the first thing that we want to think about is how to to build our confidence and love on ourselves enough that we don't feel the urge to compete. And, you know, humans, I, I mean, women and female identifying people especially have been conditioned to feel like we aren't enough, right? And so like the beauty industry like makes billions of dollars every year off of our like compliance with this idea that we need this cream or that dress to be, you know, the ultimate. And what comes with that is this innate feeling of lack and then in turn competition with other people. So then we're not building up other people because we're just so busy just trying to like get to the top and finally achieve this, this impossible standard that is just kind of, you know, outlandish when you think about it. So, and it's entirely not our fault because this is just kind of what we've all been raised with since the very dawn of time. I don't know. I mean, competition is a very natural um, thing just in nature and in the world, but like we've kind of taken it to another level um, with, with, you know, consumerism and everything. So I think the first part is to um, think about what you enjoy about yourself and that, that those confidence things. And really like the more you do that with yourself, the more you have, you know, to give to somebody else to build them up. So what's that saying that you can't pour from an empty cup, right? So if you don't feel good about yourself, it's really hard for you to not feel a sense of lack around other people. Um, And so it's like kind of a twofold thing. Um, And so um, when it comes to the studio, at least, like anybody who knows, anybody who's been to our intro to poll classes um, knows that it's like, if you are in this poll class and you don't cheer for the person who's next to you, Oh my God, you're in trouble. <laughs> totally, we, I remember we, that. Yes, yeah. it's so important. And so like we introduced the idea of cheering on your, your fellow students in that very first class so that eventually it becomes so natural. And that's why it it ultimately became ingrained as, as part of the culture of our studio. So it's like, I might not even know you at all, but if you're in the locker room and you look like you had a bad class, I'm hyping you up. I don't mm-hmm. even know you. I'm hyping you up because mm-hmm. that's what we need, especially knowing that, like poll specifically is so it, it can be really difficult because it's like you you're told that it's supposed to be a certain way and it's first you're supposed to feel sexy but it's like no matter how many times your instructor is like you don't have to feel sexy every time you still tell yourself this should be a sexy thing and on a bad day it makes it feel even even harder and so we're, we're just there to like support each other and build each other up and so if you feel good about yourself and you have that kind of confidence and you've been working on that it's even easier to go ahead and and throw that over to somebody else and be like you know what girl you look good too we're we're both great you know and and I, I mean at the studio you can't even like wear a new top without like four people hyping you up about it you're like that's a nice top does that have glitter on it I love that you know it's <laughs> so it's, it's you know surround yourself with people who do that and it becomes part of just like what your personality is like like that's just part of your personality to just I mean I'll stop somebody on the street just because I like their dress they'll be walking by and like that is a nice dress I like that dress where did you get that dress? And, it, you know, just seeing somebody smile when you do that, it's just like, it's just great. It's great. So, so that's, that's my, my best thought on that is like, build yourself up, love on yourself, and it will spill over into the people around you. And you'll be able to create 
you know, this circle of friends, this community of people who also do that. And then, you know, hopefully, ideally, it just keeps spreading and spreading like the butterfly effect, you know, but it really does start with yourself so that you don't have to feel like you have to be part of this beauty standard and you have to reach this, this pinnacle of sexiness and beauty and all. it's like, you're great just as you are. You're good at math. That is sexy, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> I love it. No, I love that. I, and I really love, like, totally tied into the last question, too, of how, like, really just focusing on your own confidence and what that can do for not just you, but the relationships and the people around you. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Because it, it makes you a different person, you know? Like, when you have all of that, like, centered feeling of confidence and groundedness it's like you're a different person now you can give to other people you have so much more to give and it it does us it does ourselves a disservice to say you know I haven't reached this this ideal yet so I still feel less than which makes me feel like I'm upset that somebody else is winning like that's that's not right you know like you said before too it's the like the lack the lack effect of like oh like I'm I'm not enough or you know, I'm not going to ever be enough because there's always going to be something better. There's always going to be someone better. There's always going to be something above me. Exactly. Right. And it's just like, once you just get comfortable right where you are right now, that's a completely different ball game, you know? Yeah. I remember my first class. I probably like jet in a few minutes late, like usual, which is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> always like 60 seconds late. <laughs> always. At least, like, on average. But anyway, you were like, all right, we go around the room, say your name, say something that you love about yourself. And I was like, (laughs) It's so hard, right? I know. And the hardest thing is getting people to answer that question without saying, I think or I guess. Or I don't know. Or I don't know. answer. I don't know. Um, I would say, like, Mm -hmm. yeah, totally. I'm like, no, no, say it again. What are you good at? Is it math? Are you great at math? Are you the baddest bitch about math? You say that, <laughs> like, and it, it's because it's so not normal. You know, we're we're told that we're we're supposed to just always be, you know, small, shrink yourself, you know, show humility. And there's nothing wrong with a little humility, but like that, it makes it feel as if confidence is wrong. It's, yeah, you know, and it's like so it's okay to be confident. It, it's yeah. okay to love your something that you're really good at. You know, it's like if you're good at pole dancing, if you're good at this thing, be good at it. Be like, yup. That's me then. That's me. Yeah. <laughs> you so, know? No, that's so on point for yeah. sure. And it doesn't that's... mean that you think that, that you're perfect across the board just because you feel really good about a thing or a few things that you have under your belt. No, it's, and it, it's just owning like what you spend time and what you love doing. And that's okay. Yeah. You know, like, and, and I work with so many moms or entrepreneurs and it's like, you're good at being a mom. You're good at being an entrepreneur, but it's, it's so like, you just identify with one thing and then you still look around you and think like, well, then there's this person who's better than me. And then Uh, there's this person who's better than me. And you're constantly, not you, me, everyone, like constantly comparing. Of course. And it, and it's so hard too, right? Like, cause you don't ever get to this point where, right. Well, I don't, I don't know. Okay. I can't say you don't ever. Right. I guess I could say I haven't gotten to a point where it's not sometimes a struggle right? Because, you know, I'm a pole dancer. I'm also an equestrian. And neither of those things have I felt like I have reached my actual potential. Um, and so on, on maybe not my best day, I'll scroll through Instagram and I'm like, oh, I want to learn that pole trick, but I haven't conditioned for it. Oh, 
I'll probably never get to do it. You know, it's just, it's, it's a human experience. And to know that that's going to happen, that's okay. You know, you just, it's, it's hills and valleys. It's always hills and valleys. Like I want to be able to, you know, do the hardest competitions on, on the most fanciest horses ever, but I haven't gotten there yet because sometimes it's just not, it's just not my day and that's okay. You know? Yeah, no, I love that. The human experience. That's so true. Absolutely. So we're going to wrap this up. But before we do, I want to ask you, what is the biggest lesson that you have learned from pole so far? um, Biggest lesson I've learned. From it, through it. Yeah. I would say that pole has taught me how resilient I am. Um, I mean, it's a beautiful art form. It's really nice to watch. But as you know, the learning process can be really tough and really brutal. Um, you know, like you want to learn this amazing trick and you try it and it hurts your skin and you try it and you fall on your face sometimes and Mm -hmm. you try it and it doesn't look right. But like eventually you try it and it just clicks one day. It just happens. And that concept and that again, confidence of, of working your way through a thing all the way to the end, to the other side of it has seeped into the rest of my life, really. So it's like, if something isn't going my way, I'm much more like analytical and calm about it instead of getting upset and frustrated and mad the way I used to. Um, so like, instead of thinking, yeah, it's like, I know that I'm going to find my way to the other side, Yeah, you know? And so instead of thinking like, oh, maybe I just need to use a different grip with my hand. That's what I would think in pole class. I'd be like, oh, it's just the wrong grip. Now I'm thinking, you know, outside of that in my, you know, general life, I'm like, maybe I could have said that differently. Or maybe there's a way to deal with a pandemic where my studio was closed for a few months. Maybe there's a different way to do this, right? So whatever it is, like, I know I'm going to figure it out. And if I can fail a million times and pick myself up and figure it out for a cool pole trick, I can do that anywhere else in my life, no matter what the thing is. So like, I know I'm resilient because I've gone through that process every single time I've touched the pole where I'm like, oh, this is never going to be a thing. And then you know what? It is. I figure it out. And and now even in pole, it's changed how I learn pole dancing, where it's like, if I don't get a trick the first 20 times, I just find it funny. It's just my blooper reel now. I'm like, yo, did y'all see me fall? I fell today. <laughs> Y'all saw it. But like before it used to be so frustrating. I would, I'd be that person going home feeling really, really dejected. Like my first day at pole where I couldn't climb the pole. I was like, oh, I can't do it. I'm calling friends. I need like support. You know, yeah. I need therapy because the pole disrespected me. But now, <laughs> it's, now it's different. You know, I'm like, I'm gonna figure it out. I'm gonna figure it out. It'll be fine. It doesn't matter. So that's, like, I would say the resilient, the fe- feeling resilient is what pole has, has given me and has taught me that I am resilient. That's seriously so amazing. And like, there's so many talking points throughout the last however long we were just, you know, like (laughs) riffing that I literally, I kid you not, like, have chills from because it's just like, like it penetrated my like soul. Yes. (laughs) I mean, you know, sometimes we need reminders of this stuff, right? Because like, I mean, I might call you up one day and be like, girl, I am not feeling it today. And you'll be like, listen, not every day is a confidence day. And you just should go get the cat. Like, we all need to hear it. We all need the same pep talk on different days, you know. Totally. No, it's so good. And and I just want to thank you again for sharing your time. If you guys want to follow Taylor, you can tell them your Instagram, you and your business and where they can find you. Also, your website. 
Oh, yeah. Um, so my Instagram handle is Starkstruck, S-T-A-R-K-E-S-T-R-U-C-K, um, Starkstruck. And the studio Instagram is poleposition underscore N-Y. Um, and our website is polepositionstudio.com. Nice. Yeah. So right now they're doing privates, right? You guys are doing privates and semi-privates to keep yes. the social distancing yes. at a max. And if you are so inclined to get your confidence up and just freaking try something new, like you said, the resilient factor and just experience that for yourself, I would highly, highly, highly recommend it because I know from a personal standpoint, I've had a great experience being under your watch with you, your coaches at your studio. It's been lovely to have you. And I've been, I'm so glad to have been on this podcast. Thank you so much for having me. And to all of your listeners, they're like, definitely come hang out with us. We are, we will love your pull top. Uh, We will love whatever you wear, (laughs) honestly. And just also just your general breathing. We will love it. So (laughs) we will hype up the way you blink. It's fine. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you so much for tuning in today. You're welcome. Bye guys. Bye.